Hello, this is Pastor John. And this is DC James. And here we go with the close of the commandments. Uh, we right. made it through all ten commandments. Yeah. And now we're going to talk about the close of the commandments. If you look in your catechism at the end of the commandments, Luther talks about uh, really the, the blessings and the consequences mm. related to the, the commandments. And this is kind of a little bit more of a harder one to talk about. And so we wanted to do a specific episode on this. So mm -hmm. close of the commandments, uh, James, what does God say about all these commandments? He says, I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. What does this mean? God threatens to punish all who break these commandments. Therefore, we should fear his wrath and not do anything against them. But he promises grace and every blessing to all who keep these commandments. Therefore, we should also love and trust in him and gladly do what he commands. Yeah, so kind of some heavy stuff there. We're using yeah. the language of God threatens to punish and... and uh, punishing the third and the fourth generation. And I think a lot of times there's some maybe offense or misunderstanding with that. But if we talk about, if we kind of break it down a little bit, mm -hmm. it really does make sense. Yeah. And so that's our aim to do today. And so in this close of the commandments, how do we see God's love and grace to his people? Well, that he, he blesses us and forgives us. That despite our, our wrongdoings and despite the things that we do to either, either actively or passively go against him, mm -hmm. he, he still blesses us and keeps his commandments to, or keeps his promises to us. And, you know, what's interesting about this text, too, is that, you know, God says he shows his love to, like, a thousand generations. Mm -hmm. He only punishes to the third and the fourth. And as you read in, for example, Exodus 34, if you look at Exodus 34, I believe, verses 6, 7, 8, 9, God says that he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. He forgives, mm -hmm. but that he also doesn't leave the guilty unpunished. Right. So when God reveals his name, the emphasis is on his grace and mercy. And yet, because he's just and holy, he, he must punish sin because he's holy and sin can't right. exist in his, in his sight. Yeah. Yeah, there's a goodness with that we can see in his justice that we don't usually see elsewhere. There is a goodness in his justice, yeah. It's kind of like, I think of it this way, if you're out on the recess playground and there is a couple kids who are just being bullies to other kids, if the teacher just kind of passively watches and lets that happen, mm -hmm. that's not a very good teacher. It's not right. a good authority. Yeah. But if a teacher intervenes and warns, and eventually if the behavior doesn't change, if that teacher intervenes and gives a punishment, that's for the, the well-being of the weak. It's for mm -hmm. the well-being of the vulnerable. Yeah. If, you know, like the fourth graders are picking on the first graders and the teacher intervenes and brings some justice, that really shows the goodness of authority. Yeah. Which, and yet... Knowing that we are people who break the commandments, uh, this applies to us as well. And so, um, yeah. So let's talk about this a little bit more. Um, how does God want us to live in light of this knowledge, namely the knowledge that he is a God who, who blesses those who keep his commandments and who punishes those who, who break them? Well, we have to really 
depend on his forgiveness. Mm. We have to mm-hmm. depend on his goodness, knowing that we are unjust, knowing that we are sinful and deserve punishment. Mm-hmm. Right. And so this, as we've talked about before, the commandments are really show us our sin. Yeah. The old yeah. SOS that we, our sins are front and center when mm-hmm. it comes to the commandments. They show us our sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we can't do anything, anything to go against it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then with it, those blessings that we talked about, we're able to see our savior, mm-hmm. see that we need a savior um, to get us out of this muck. Yeah. And really God, like it's in our savior, Jesus Christ, that God rewards us for keeping the commandments. Mm-hmm. So St. Augustine once said that God rewards his own work. Mm. You know, when God works the commandments in us to delight in the commandments, they're no longer a burden. We're no longer saved by keeping them. We're no yeah. longer condemned by them. Yeah. If we're saved by grace alone through faith in Jesus Christ, we can begin to delight in keeping the commandments from the heart. And when we do that, God actually does reward us for keeping them, both in this life and the life to come, Yeah. which is pretty cool. Just one word about the third and fourth generation. I think a lot of people kind of struggle with that, wouldn't you say? Yeah. They struggle with the idea that why do the children suffer for the sins of the parents? And in Mm -hmm. the Bible, we see an emphasis also on the individual that like if the parents or the grandparents turn away from God, the children can still turn to God right? and, and walk in God's ways. But a lot of times what we see is that generations will pass on unfaithfulness to generations. Mm-hmm. Breaking the commandments becomes a generation after generation thing. Not being in worship is a generation after generation thing. And we see that punishment kind of play out. Yeah. And really the gospel is what invites us to break that cycle so that we become those who are under God's mercy and kindness yeah. for a thousand generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some challenges or maybe some confusions to consider with this teaching in the catechism? Well, it goes back to that punishing because mm-hmm. we kind of think, well, I don't need to be punished. I'm kind of a good person. Or how can someone who loves me punish punish me so harshly? Yeah. Um, so talk a little bit about that. Why, why does God have to punish if he is... A loving God. Well, yeah, there's a lot we could say here, and it's very, very important, especially to talk with our kids about this. Mm -hmm. We don't understand God's punishment in relationship to sin because we often have a very low view of God and we have a high view of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so if we think God is just whatever we want him to be, if we think we don't recognize that God's holy, and if we don't understand like what the purpose of being human is, to honor him and glorify him with our whole lives, yeah. then sin's not going to make much sense to us. And we'll think of it more in terms of mistakes and we don't understand the punishment. But the more you understand how absolutely worthy and glorious and majestic God is and how we've been created to know him and reflect his glory, we'll begin to understand the punishment of sin. It, it makes more sense uh, because the truth is that sin is cosmic treason sin is i would even call it spiritual when we sin we're we're being spiritual criminals right yeah and just as there is a punishment from the law in this life there's a punishment from god uh because these things cannot exist in god's kingdom right 
Another way of looking at it, too, is that punishment uh, for our sins is when God gives us what we want. Because when we're sinning, we're saying, I want to live in a universe where God is not yeah. and where I am God. Mm-hmm. And when people will choose to persist in sin and reject God, the reality of hell would be God giving to people what they want. It goes back to that quote by C.S. Lewis that there are two types of people, those who say to God, thy will be done, and those to whom God says, thy will be done. Mm. He says you can have what you want. And yeah. Yet the gospel gives us something better. It gives us God's grace, and that's what we want to focus on. And, and just one more word. I, I, I think it's good to note that when we talk about punishments, we can also talk about the language of discipline, that mm. sometimes God does discipline his children, not out of anger, but out of love. He will correct us so that we can learn to love others yeah. and so that we can be fully formed as the human beings we were intended to be. So how does this teaching go against what we see outside of Christianity in the culture? In our culture, we really see that kind of do what you feel, mm-hmm. live your truth. You do you. You do you, I'll do me type yeah. things. And because of that, we kind of think, well, as long as I'm doing what I feel is right, I can live without consequences. Mm-hmm. I can live peacefully um, by myself, right? Yeah. And so that really goes against what God designs of living in a community together, mm-hmm. right? Is that everyone is doing their own thing. It's, it's not going to end very well. <laughs> yeah, it kind of works until it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the kind of the Kool-Aid everybody's drinking in our culture is mm-hmm. it's all about me. It's all about what I want. But it doesn't work because that's not how God created us. Yeah. um, What are some good points of conversation for parents with their teenagers on this section of the catechism? Well, our actions and failures have serious consequences. Um, When we talk to our kids about the things you do have consequences. There are things that come about because of the things that you do, whether good or bad. And so we have to really talk to our kids about what are those things that when we do wrong, when we do the things that we're not supposed to do, what comes about because of that? Whether it's punishment or just straight consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and um, you know, this becomes just a huge opportunity for us to talk about the cross of Jesus Christ, too. Mm-hmm. Because the cross of Jesus doesn't really make much sense that he died, like bled and suffered and died for our sins in our place. That doesn't make sense unless we understand that he did this to rescue us from God's punishment. Right. And it's not like God was like ready to punish us and then Jesus stepped in. It's kind of like, no, this is God's plan. Yeah. The whole Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit purposed that Jesus would give his life for us to release us from the wrath of God. And Mm. so while this is a heavy, heavy topic to talk about, our kids are never going to understand the depths of the gospel and God's mercy and love unless they understand the depths of what they've been rescued from. Right. When they fully understand that we only deserve death. Yeah. We only deserve hell. Wages of sin is death, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is a lot more serious than God just saying, hey, no big deal, buddy. Keep at it. Yeah, yeah. And, and so and it's important to know that, like, 
Jesus didn't save us from just like not doing well in life or not yeah. feeling good about ourselves. Like yeah. Jesus saved us from straight up eternity without God. Yeah. And that's that's something to love Jesus for, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yes, I will keep your commandments and love you because mm-hmm. look what you did for me. Let's hit the Bible here a little bit. All right. Well, you stole my thunder a little bit. The wages of sin. That's all right. Just a precursor. I just got, I just got people ready. <laughs> so Romans 3, um, we'll start at 20 to 24. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Man, that's the gospel right there. Yeah. That apart from law, we are saved, Mm -hmm. not by the keeping of the commandments, because the commandments show us our sin, but now we're saved by grace. Yeah. Yeah, through Christ. Amen. All right. Got another one? One more. This is kind of one of my favorites, mm-hmm. especially from Romans. Romans 5, we'll do 8 to 11. But God shows his love for us, and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him th- from the wrath of God. For if we were sinners, If we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. That's one of my favorites too, that just to think that God saved us when we were his enemies and didn't care. Yeah. Like the greatest depth of love was poured out for the people who didn't care. Mm-hmm. And that was all of us at one time. Yeah. And he did that for us. How can we pray for our kids as we discuss these things? Pray that your kids can always turn to God when they sin. Mm. Um, that they recognize their sins in their lives, um, recognize their shortcomings, but that they turn to God first. Mm. Not just in despair, not just... Um, think it's nothing, but that they turn to, to him. Yeah, that's that's so good to to help our kids to recognize what they can do with their guilt. Mm-hmm. They don't have to bury it or deny it. They can bring it to the cross. Yeah. Amen. Well, we have completed the commandments, and now we're going to move on to the Apostles' Creed. So we'll see you next time. All right.